You are now listening to a 302 Birds podcast experience. Proudly powered by TickPick, Cuffet, El Diablo Burritos, Nick's Pizza, and Klondike Cates on the heart of Main Street. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Season 6 of 302 Birds. It hasn't been one season of the day. It hasn't been two. It hasn't been three. It hasn't been four. It's been six beautiful amazing seasons of this podcast and i can't believe that you guys are on this journey with us it feels like a camaraderie has been built the past two three years of just doing this weekly talking philly sports and waiting waiting for that soul searching championship we're gonna get one soon guys i think it might be this season maybe maybe if i'm not wrong but regardless welcome if you're new here please smash that like button if you can, hit the subscribe button as well. We really appreciate it. And uh, let's break this down, man, because we had to take a week off. Eagles lost to the Bucks. We gave you guys the sad news, but now we're going to give you guys the good news. Looking forward, we got a lot of good things coming. These new coordinators, pretty good stuff coming. So without further ado, even though he's not here, we're going to give a shout out to El Diablo and thank them for sponsoring Jack's weekly call-ins for another season. And we're actually welcoming some own family blood onto the show this week. A big shout out to Ashley's little brother, Sean, for bringing our call in this week. Let's see what he has to say. What do I want when I'm in the state of Delaware? Of course, El Diablo burritos. Customer service always is serving your food with a smile on their face, asking how your day is. Their food is phenomenal as well. Their burritos are out of this world, one of the best burritos in town. Their queso is phenomenal. Their burrito bowls are amazing as well. When you're in and around Delaware, Stop by your local El Diablo Burritos and tell them that 302 Birds sent you. God bless. Hi, I'm Sean, and my question for you guys is what are you looking forward to the most and the least about Kellen Moore as our new offensive coordinator? Yeah. Who wants to take it first? I mean, there's a lot of pluses and minuses about both these guys. I could go real quick. Okay, go ahead, Decker. Never mind. Yeah, just number one. Most importantly, he's not Brian Johnson. So that's what I'm looking forward to the most. He's not Brian Johnson. We got an actual guy that call, can call plays. And the least is, I swear to God, bro, if I ever see fucking DeAndre Swift lining up at center, just like um, just like he did, his plays get too cute sometimes, kind of just like he did at the end of, um, you know, the Cowboys Niners a couple years ago, um, that end of the – Dak play so yeah I would say least looking forward to how cute his plays get yeah I think it's going to be nice to have somebody with sort of a uh, adult mindset what are you thinking Tom um I'll start with what I'm not mostly looking forward to I think unfortunately sometimes with his style of offense he relies a lot on slot receivers which we don't have a lot of right now and two he doesn't have um he He's, he's, I'm not sure if it was a product of him. I know we know Dak folds under pressure, but I'm not sure if he also folds under pressure as well. Um, that could be a negative, but his other positive is he's kind of, he has that Kyle Shanahan slash, uh, oh, who's the guy on the Rams? Um, oh, McVay. Yeah, McVay. Thank you. The, they're both two very young and kind of like progressive style offenses where they kind of mix like, an NFL style offense, West Coast offense, and like a little bit of that college offense where where you can do some fun things. Like 
Kind of like how like the Chiefs used to do that thing where like everybody's spinning around in the huddle oh, before going to the line to try to do some deception. And he's a very smart guy. Like if you talk to him, he's very intelligent. He knows the ins and outs. He knows the, a lot of the a lot of the tiny details that he incorporates into his plays, into his pre-snap stuff. So I'm very excited to see a lot of like what he has to bring that we were really missing with. Because Brian Johnson got to the point of predictable. Like like a common complaint by the king um, on WIP, uh, Howard Eskin, was is that people were complaining about too many screenplays and that there's a lot of screenplays in the playoffs. Well, when you telegraph where you're throwing the screen to, who you're throwing the screen to, and not doing anything pre-snap or during the game, well, it's very obvious what's going to happen. I like that Kellen Moore likes to mix yeah, up what's true. going on pre-snap and that it, you might like he, this. He might run the same play three times, but it never looks the same three times in a row. Like Brian Johnson ran the same play eight times a game, and it looked the same exact way eight times a game. That's why Jalen couldn't get anything going. The one thing I'll say, and Tom's gonna fucking love this. He's about to light up like a Christmas tree. The one thing that I don't like, Kellen Moore. I love the guy. He's freaking genius on offense. Smitty is about to eat. I don't like the fact that this guy's 35 years old, though. And maybe I'm wrong for that. But I'm not the only person that thinks that this guy's looking like he's waiting the lim- for the limo for prom, right? This guy looks like he's waiting for the limo for prom. He's like, where is it? I'm in my white suit. I'm ready to be picked up. It's like, dude, I don't know. I just think that there's a certain level of respect. And I don't think anybody on the offense is older than 35. But I will say we'll have a couple guys that will be close to that next year. Not saying that it's impossible for dynamics like that to work. I think that the whole uh, Jason Kelsey, Nick Sirianni dynamic works phenomenal. But I just think a lack of experience. But, I mean, the guy, he what he did in Dallas, you got to give him credit. I mean, he was an exceptional coordinator there. He put up the numbers. He just had a bad year in L.A. So, I mean, I will say this. When L.A. coordinators come to Philadelphia, very good things happen. You look at, uh, I think, did Frank Reich come yep. from? Yes, Frank Reich came from the Chargers. And you got and Shane Steichen. Steichen. I'm just saying, history repeats itself. Ashley, Sean, either of you guys got any thoughts? Yeah, I can jump in real quick. Um, obviously, I think the biggest negative is the fact that he is so young. I kind of feel like we're in a little bit of deja vu here. We took a chance on some younger coaches last season that did not go very well. So I'm really hoping that this time is different, but here to say that it couldn't go off the rails again. Um, I am most excited because he knows Dallas. Therefore he knows the NFC East. Um, And we have actually never, which this shocks me. We have never taken um, a player who went to be a coach or any sort of coach or coordinator that has been on Dallas at one time before going to the Eagles, Um, which I'm shocked that in, all of these years, we have yet to take someone from that has been on the Dallas sideline um, at some point. So again, we've taken coaches both or players both ways, but no. So I'm hoping that this works out well in our favor. I hope you're right too, Big Sean. How are you feeling about this whole coordinator situation? Sorry, my mic was muted. Um, but, yeah, so I feel uh, pretty confident. I mean, I like the Vic Fangio signing. He has a lot of uh, experience on the defensive side. Um, <clears throat> he, he's also a great defensive mind when it comes to that. So I think the defense is going to be fine. 
uh, as long as you get some more players for the linebacker core slash safety core and maybe even cornerback core. But um, I think he's going to strive to do as best as he can because um, and even better because he's from PA, um, you know, and he he probably grew up an Eagles fan, like what Dalton said. So I could see him uh, being a really good coordinator for us. Now, Kellen Moore, um, he averaged like – what, 27 points, 27 points with the Chargers, and the Chargers didn't really have any uh, weapons on the offense, and the Eagles do have weapons on the offense with uh, Devonta Smith and A.G. Brown and everybody else. So I do believe that he's going to figure it out, and you're going to see a more elusive offense um, rather than Brian Johnson, like predictable. So um, we just have to wait to see how it pans out, but I think you you, you get, uh, sorry you go from seven years of experience total um to 25 years of experience so i think it's a huge 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 change for real yeah it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out and like you said i mean the age gap here is a tremendous one so i'm interested to see how the whole locker room and respect dynamic goes i think that that's going to be interesting i think that that's going to be interesting to see play out but only time will tell uh, I do want to thank once again El Diablo for sponsoring that segment for another season. And uh, can you guys uh, smell that, Tom? Do you smell that? I, I smell a uh, spring in the air. And uh, when spring's in the air, baby, you know what time it's for. Time for Philly's talk with Bob Pogtani. Junior Stitch. You are muted. <laughs> I tried to tell him beforehand. Well, now, now we got it. Well, either <laughs> way, I'd still like to thank Nick's Pizza. We're off to a flying start. Uh, hey, at least you said it. Yeah, I know. Nick's Pizza at least has uh, has a has a better intro. They'll do a better hello than I will. But right. but either way, we're back to the park. Pitchers and catchers report. Uh, I want to say it's about twenty days. I believe it's February twentieth at this point for them. Um, or is that the first game? I forget at this point. The dates all mixed together at this point. It's busy season for me. If you couldn't tell, folks. Um, um, but I'm excited. This team didn't really change that much in the off season. Their big spl- we'll call it their big splash of the off season was signing Nola uh, to a big deal. But other than that, they were kind of in on Yamamoto. Dodgers snatched him up. There's still some big names on the on the market I could see them going after, like Montgomery or Blake Snell. But other than that, this t- this roster is pretty much the same as it was last year. We have some exciting prospects that are the same as last year with Mick Abel coming to camp again this year. Andrew Painter, I believe, will be at camp. Obviously, he won't be participating much he'll be rehabbing more so still from that tommy john surgery who i believe the last check-in he's like expected to maybe make a return to the minors by june but like make like decent like rehab strides starting in may so oh it's all young stuff young stuff to be excited about young young players to keep looking forward to the phillies are still a bunch of young studs with marsh and stoddy we will have the daycare back um i'm just excited to be back at the park or 
very, very soon. I got my season tickets this year, Dutch. I'm all, I'm ready to go. He's all in. He's all, all in. in. So, oh, Dutch, how are you feeling about being back at the park this year? Are you ready to have a dollar dog night? Are you ready? Oh, wait. We don't have dollar dog nights so far this year. Er, you and know, are I you think... a fucking mind reader or something? Because that was the one note for your entire segment. The one thing I give a fuck about with baseball is dollar dog night. So I am so glad you brought that up. I'm not going to let you get past this one either, sweetheart. Good. What I don't want to. Why are they getting rid of democracy in America? Why are they getting rid of freedom? Why are they getting rid of my rights? Give me dollar dog night back. Let me dress up like a hot dog along with 400 thousands, not 400,000, thousands 40. of other degenerates, maybe hundreds, but like there, there's easily over a hundred people at the Phillies game, $1 dog night in a hot dog costume. I'm willing I think, to bet I think there's over a hundred people in there, period, any night, but. Hey, 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 not in a hot dog costume. Maybe not. I mean, it is Philly. Maybe a costume, you could say, yeah. but not a uh, hot dog costume specifically so I'm, I, I, I'm excited to be back i can't wait for you know what i can't wait for tom the most what chicky and pete's crab fries Ooh. along with when i get to sit up in the nosebleeds there's nothing like that uh first home run bet and you know who you gotta hammer it on when you're at the ballpark is schwarber, schwarber. especially in the month of june i yeah. can't wait for the day that it's a hot summer day i'm sitting out there with tom next to him he's sweating like a horse it's like fucking 80 degrees out flat and I look at Tom and I say, we're going to put 10 bucks on Schwarber first home run. He hits it. Me and Tom both cash out 120 bucks. I'm dressed up like a hot dog. I just bought $120 worth of hot dogs for the entire stadium. Life is good. What more could you want, right? Those are the best days. Notice. Everybody always talks about how great summer is. They always talk about how great spring is. Nobody's ever talking about how great January is. January feels like it's been eight months and it's only it's finally the last day of January. You want to know why? Because all there is is football, hockey, e, and basketball. Oh, it's missing the world's greatest sport, Dutch. Oh, it's missing God. baseball. Get the hell out of here. It's missing yeah. baseball. You. My 80-year-old grandpa and then the guy playing shuffleboard up the street think the same thing. <laughs> what were you saying, Ash? Sorry. It's cold in January. I want it, January to get over in the first two weeks of February. After that, spring is here. But until then, heck no. Send me to Florida. Colder for you. You're in the Windy City. Well, sort of. But, so yeah. January is good when the Eagles are playing football. When the Eagles aren't playing football. It sucks. Football. Yeah, it sucks. It's horrible right now. We're just watching everybody. We are that Squidward meme where he's watching Patrick and SpongeBob outside his window, and that's us with the Super Bowl and the playoffs because it's what could have been. But, hey, 2024, man, is the year of redemption, and uh, I think we're going to be seeing some redemption soon. I mean, I mean, we weren't planning on going with this segment, so I'll just go ahead and cue it up next. I'll take it first, but the year of the tri-MVP. I mean, hypothetically – for the Phillies bridging into the Sixers too, and maybe the Flyers or someone else, you know, you could hypothetically have two MVPs in one season and maybe one or two championships in one season. All four teams have a decent shot when they're doing it. The Flyers right now, the Phillies should be up to par this season. Bryce Harper could easily win an MVP. Embiid with his injury, 
who knows with what's going on with that. I would personally rather have a championship than an MVP. I know Embiid would. I know the city would. That's common sense. But when you take a look at what 2024 could be for the Eagles, I'll say this. And uh, he's not here, but let's go ahead and... Uh... Saddle on up for Hoss's Hot Takes brought to you by Sharks, where you can see and tail your friend's hottest bets. Make sure to download the Sharps app. Use code 302D866 when you sign up for us. Promise you, it's great. It's the social media app, basically, uh, for betting. But my hot take tonight, baby, if we don't come out of 2024 with at least two awards, that could be one MVP, one championship, two MVPs, two championships. I'd prefer that. Uh, you know what I mean? If we don't come out with at least two accolades throughout the season, it is a massive letdown, a massive one, because the Flyers can win a championship. The Phillies can win a championship and have an MVP. The Sixers can win a championship and have an MVP. And the Philadelphia Eagles, damn well, next year can win a championship and have an MVP. And some of them can do it both. So if we don't come out with at least two accolades, I think it's a letdown, and that's my hot take. I feel like you're thinking a little far ahead on the Flyers there. Um, even if we take out the entire situation of the last like week and a half, they're good. They're really good, but I don't think they are there quite yet. Um, Philly also just seems to have really darn bad luck with championships the last few years. Don't want to jinx anything. I hope that the Sixers definitely can go all the way, and I think the Phillies have that potential. But in terms of the Eagles, I think the whole free agency market, the fact that we have 20 free agents this season – we definitely could pick up some really great people, but I think we're going to let a lot of people walk. And this team is not going to be the same team that we saw at the beginning of last season or this past season. And I just think we need to have realistic expectations. I think uh, for the Sixers, Embiid, um, you know, with this whole injury situation, he's going to be out um, most likely for a long period of time. I think you know, while he shoots himself in the foot for winning MVP because of that stupid rule they added this year, I think it's a blessing in disguise because if we get a rejuvenated, healthy Embiid for the playoffs, that's the one thing we've ever wanted as a, you know, that's the one thing we've ever asked for as a Sixers fan because he's always hurt every year in the playoffs. So get well, big fella, but we need you for the playoffs. Sixers need to stay afloat, though. You can't drop too far in the standings. So I'd yeah, rather have that finals MVP. You can't leave the team for too long, and I agree. I mean, everybody's in agreement. You know, championships are much more valuable than an MVP, but when you look at what the caliber that these guys can play at, there's no excuses. Um, moving on now, I want to actually ask Tom. He had one of the funniest text messages in the group chat. I won't say it word for word, but we had some pretty good comparisons uh, via text message back and forth, making some analogies. but. Our Philadelphia Phillies come out with a color scheme that we've seen before in the Frankfurt Yellow Jackets, um, but we probably shouldn't have seen before. Uh, maybe some people think that, but I think most people don't. Tom, what are you thinking of these possible City Connect leaks that came out today? They're absolute crap. Um, <laughs> like, that, I get it. They're trying to do the yellow and the blue to paint. But I'll still buy one. 
Yeah, yeah, but I'll still buy one probably. Because <laughs> I kind of get one of like every, like I get one of like all their jerseys. Like I have those ones that people hate it that are the all maroon. Like I have all those jerseys. But that you said, are the best Philly fan I know. Not to cut you off, but I got to give you your props, man. You are the best Philly fan I know. Go ahead and continue. I, I get why, like, the whole theme behind it. Like, it's supposed to be, like, of the, like, city of Philadelphia flag with the Quaker and all on it. It's the Quake. Like, there were the Philadelphia Quakers before the Phillies who were, like, a 9-60 and 60 team in, like, 1890. Like, they – I think they only lasted, like, maybe three or four seasons. They were absolutely terrible. They were – they were worse than – they were worse than terrible. They they were unwatchable, unbearable, and a laughing stock to say the least. So to try to pay homage to something that was that bad and pitiful, Let's like I don't, I don't think we like that should be anything good. The only thing somewhat good is the love uh, patch on the sleeve that I kind of like. But other than that, like the rest of it looks like absolute garbage. Like. Like the granite fade that looks like something like I did in my, in uh, Microsoft PowerPoint when I was twelve when I thought multiple colors looked cool like <laughs> like that like I don't get this like I thought a lot of things were cool when I was twelve like I thought that like that color fade was cool I thought wearing like those fightings necklaces that were like the braided like fabric were really cool like there Nike were a lot elites. of yeah, Nike. Oh, Nike elites though are, are comfy though. Still, so you know what? I'll, you, You're I gonna see Tom at Citizens Bank Park is ripped out in some blue and yellow Nike elites, Philly fanatic slides, the new City Connect jersey, and two dollar dogs in his hand because we fucking petitioned for it again. I love it, Tom. You are you are I, the best Philly fan. I, I I just I don't know. I just hate these jerseys. I'll be perfectly honest. Uh, the one thing I'll say, and then I'll give it to somebody else. I had written down, this is the one colorway that, you know, you can't make it look good no matter what you do. You could be fucking Pablo Picasso or Leonardo da Vinci. You're not going to make this look good. It's like, let's do diarrhea green and piss yellow. Ah, the Green Bay Packers. Sorry, Packers fans. I love you guys. Dutch, at least with the font, they could have done better. Like, they try. It looks like they tried to do a mix of calligraphy and, like, whatever, like, that modern, like, like, Astro World like stock letter looks like like it looks really bad. I'll just say you can never make it look good. Decker, I see. Oh, sorry. You're good. My bad. Um, what I was gonna say is the Philly across the chest. If that's true to be, um, I think they're going for like more of like a Declaration of Independence type of uh, lettering, and that's kind of why they did that. But I mean, overall. Like it just reminds me of like the Space City connects uh, for the Houston Astros, like the gradient. Mm-hmm. I feel like it does look like a nice like sixth grade, seventh grade vibe, you know, with when everybody wore basketball shoes. So um, I don't know. I mean, I I like the color scheme, but like I think after four years, you could have drawn up something better. One hundred percent. I do like the patch on the side, but I mean, I think it'll grow on us for the first. Like I think it'll grow on us. Like we we all didn't like some of the jerseys in Philadelphia sports history and stuff like that, but they ended up growing on us. So um, I think it'll take some time, but um, like uh, ballpark Tommy said, I think I will end up buying one, honestly. 
So you guys both basically just said, hey, this jersey looks like ass. It looks like shit. I, didn't say I don't it. like it, <laughs> but I'm going to give you my money, Philadelphia Phillies organization, and I'm going to buy one. I don't I know say, if that's a good thing or a bad I didn't say it looked like ass, but... Um... No, in essence. <laughs> I'd much rather buy a powder blue throwback. Anything oh, yeah, throwback. Yeah. Powder blue yeah, you're not going to catch me dropping 150 on this, I'll tell you that. But it would look sexy to see Harper hit a home run in that, so that's my take on it. Well, he it's looks sexy like in anything he hits a home run in, let's be honest. It's like a baby shark segment. This is like when Nickelodeon brings this fucking Super Bowl to like, you know what I mean? Like, let's bring the Super Bowl to like, and like, look, it's a good idea. It's just like the uniforms that a lot of times they have to wear are bright colored. And I don't know. I don't know what the <clears throat> Phillies organization was thinking with this one. But that's enough about a uniform. We're not here to talk about clothes, Dutch. We're here to talk about a piece of dog shit instead. All right. We got one more segment to talk about. And then we're going to finally, uh, get into some Philadelphia Eagles topics. And actually, I want to bring the Philadelphia Sports Insider himself onto the show, a former host, a 302 Birds legend who's going to be joining us for the rest of the show, if he would like. Um, but my boy, my brother, KJ McCoy, fully decked What's out. Up? What's up, Beast? What's going on? What's up, How Bob are you Mark? feeling about uh, this Owen Tippett extension, my man? As a as an amateur Flyers fan like myself, you know, we watch our games here and there, yeah. but, I mean, it's obvious this guy's the man, right? I, I, I will tell you one thing, and me and my dad were, like, in awe with this guy. Like, that one goal he had against Dallas, I mean, where he did that, like, that spin move kind of thing, I was like, holy crap. Like, this kid's going to be something. So, I'm excited. I, I, I think – um. They extended him, I mean, before he went to another team. So, I mean, you know what? It's a, it's a good move for the Flyers. So, I mean, it just sucks the whole situation with uh, a certain goalie. But uh, I won't get into that. <laughs> amen, amen. Yeah. But, I mean, eight years, 40, $50 million, Tom. Are you paying him? Are your taxes going into this? <laughs> oh, I know my taxes aren't. aren't uh, uh, counting doesn't pay it pay that well um at all um but i i think it's a phenomenal signing i think he's gonna be our next great like cat i i hope he's our next captain and he's been playing great he plays with that blind confidence that you saw a lot like when they had like simone gagne jeff carter danny briere all those guys like they just played with such confidence and that's like to go off of what KJ was saying with the spinorama against Dallas, like he just plays with with blind confidence. Like he doesn't give two shits. He he just wants to be that next great flyer. Here, he he bleeds the orange and the black, and that's all we can ask for, Dutch. Yeah, he bleeds the orange hair too. So he's he got does. it. Yep. That's what I wanted to ask. Like, is there yeah. like as an amateur Flyers fan, what the fuck is the correlation with redhead guys and this team? I mean, I'm all for it. They play great, but there is definitely a correlation between um redheaded guys and this team. I mean, maybe it has something to do with the guy on the left. Uh, for yeah. you guys on Spotify listening, it's a big furry guy that wears the number uh double zero for the Flyers. Take your choice of who that might be. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun to watch the Flyers again soon, too. And like, I feel like Philadelphia is like a city of like violent sports. And I mean that with love, but like violent sports are more fun. No disrespect to baseball. Baseball is great. I love, you know, 
knocking the crap out of the baseball and watching it fly. But I think in Philly, you know, when the Flyers are playing well, when it's a Friday night or a Thursday night, you can go to Xfinity Live, get a couple drinks, hopefully see a fight in the game and the Flyers win. You know, that's going to be a big thing that a lot of people start doing. Um, I think, you know, when all four sports are humming, I'll go back to my point. Tom disagrees with me. But, you know, I go Eagles one, Flyers two. And it's a tie between the Phillies. They're different times of the year. I think it's actually the same guy that's going to both games like Tom. So it's funny that me and Tom argue about that because it's Tom going to both. It's just the guy happens to be more passionate about the Phillies. But, I mean, this city's dedicated. So when this team is playing well, I mean, it'll be a full house. So this is an investment in the team, too, you know, by the Flyers to say, hey, we want to be here. We want to stay put in this stadium because you guys know that there's the rumors with the Sixers leaving. They're really trying to make an investment, I think, uh, not only to attract the Sixers to stay, but to bring more fans back because it's it's a shit product and they know it. Yeah, um, honestly, I really like the Antipas signing. I mean, he's young, but um, I think I might buy his jersey, to be honest with you. Um, I, I really do not like him as a Connect player. One. No, not the City Connect one. Um, if I get a City, if I get a City Connect, I'm going to use it as toilet paper. I'll, I'll just hang it up in the bathroom. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, I, I do like this signing by Owen Tippett. I mean, it's he's young, and I I think he really wants to be in Philly, unlike somebody else that doesn't. Um, oh, Cutter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think the the team is very young, and I think they have a, a good, uh, like, good. I don't know what the word I'm looking for. I can't even think right now. Good vibe, um, a good chemistry, a good. Yeah, aura. just a good vibe, and I think they have like, I think they're gonna have a really good team for years to come. So, um, I'm excited, and I'm excited to go to the game sooner or later. We'll speak about that later, but um, yeah. So. It's a, it's a good, it's a good thing. Yeah, I think going February 10th. Right now, thank you for bringing that up, Sean. But if you guys aren't doing anything February 10th, we're going to try to do a little 302 Birds Night Flyers game with friends, of course, too. KJ said he'd be in the house. Uh, I'm going to try to get some other people to come through. We're going to try to get Chris to come, Kata. Um, and we're going to see what we can do. But it'll be a fun night. Anyways, Nicobe Dean's coming out and saying that he wants to step it up. He's saying that. He knows the type of player he can be, and he knows the type of person he can be for this city. I will say this. The guy has been underwhelming. He's been injured, but I think underwhelming is fair to say when he's played for what we've expected him to be. When Nicobe Dean first came into draft talks, he was going to be a first-round pick. Some people even had him as a top 15 and top 18 pick. He was who I originally wanted the Eagles to take first. Now the Eagles end up getting him third round. He drops, and you have this guy who's been injured a couple of years. Maybe we see a little bit why his draft stock went back. What I will say is, if you take Nicobe Dean with a chip on his shoulder, and then you go out and you draft a guy who I'll get to later in the show. We all want him. We all know who I'm talking about. Uh, but his dad maybe played for the team to foreshadow. But if you pair two guys, whoever it is, even if it's not him, but a young linebacker that wants to play with N'Kobe Dean and a chip on his shoulder fully healthy, I think that you're patched up at that linebacker position. Maybe get you know a guy in the third or fourth round for more depth, but you need to invest in this position, Howie. Please. It was evident last year. The team got burned again and again and again, and I would love to see N'Kobe Dean step it up for the Eagles. I think he can, too. I mean, he's a very smart player. 
I agree with you, Dutch. Especially because look at look at how they played the Dolphins game. They were elite with him on the field. You know, even with their injuries in the secondary, he was able to be a maestro in the middle of that defense and and essentially be a coordinator on the field for them and coordinate where everybody needed to be, what kind of zones they needed to be, and kind of where they all needed to be on the field in order to perform at their best. And then you see Cunningham and uh, what what's his face other than Cunningham? Uh, whatever. He's not even worth remembering because they both just sucked. Um, they, You're absolutely right. Need to invest in this position. And you know what? Quite frankly, it's been neglected for too long, and maybe they need to go get uh, a son of a of a great Eagles linebacker, as you said earlier, Dutch. Wait, Tommy, were you talking about Moro? Was it Moro? Yeah. No. <laughs> was it Moro? <laughs> yeah, Nicholas Either Moro. way, it doesn't really matter. They both sucked. Yeah, it was Nicholas Moro. He sucked. I can, yeah. yeah, I can't forget his name. Um but yeah, Nakobe Dean, man, I I honestly was high on this kid for sure, and I do want want to see him succeed. I was at the uh, what was it, the FanDuel event that they had like this summer, and Brian Dawkins was talking about the Eagles players now, and he said the one player he wants to see perform is Nakobe Dean. So he he's got he, he's got a lot of people that still believe in him, and I mean like he has talent, but it's just it's a matter of him staying healthy, and I mean that's the problem with Nakobe Dean. Uh, he hasn't been healthy. And I mean, maybe that's the reason why he kind of went to the third round instead of instead of being a first rounder. And maybe it's because of his injury injuries that he's had. And I mean, the surgery that that he wasn't going to get. But you know what, though, hopefully he could be the starting linebacker and, and he could be like that kind of defensive coordinator kind of player, somebody who can really control this defense and, and wake them to freak up for sure, because they need to wake up, especially at the linebacker position. Yeah, I think he has so much potential and we were riding so high on him and he's been definitely a disappointment. I hope that we can utilize him with the new coordinators in ways that we can build upon his strengths and be able to make an impact with him. Um, and I really would love to see him shine because I know that he really could do this well um, in this city. Decker, you got anything to say? Yeah, I just think that uh, Vangio is going to get a, a lot more out of him, um, you know, uh, in my opinion, compared to the Matt Patricia, Sean Desai, whatever you want to call that failure. I mean, you know, he's a guy, came into the city, bunch of expectations. And, you know, these Georgia Bulldogs, we're all so excited for them. And I really hope Vangio can get the potential out of these guys, out of Nolan Smith. Jordan Davis, Nakobe Dean, really Ringo, really unlock these guys because, um, you know, there's studs in college. The NFL's a whole different world. So um, I'm looking forward towards the future. And, you know, um, I, I hope Vangio can get the most out of these guys. For sure. Um, and transitioning now into who is that said guy? Thank you, Tommy, for letting us know. Jeremiah Trotter Jr. I mean, this kid's tape is unbelievable. His dad was a stud for the Eagles when he was here. The Axeman. What it was like. Yeah, the Axeman, right? You got Tom, all the old guys from Delco getting all hyped up. 
But in all seriousness, Tom, how nice was it when this team invested in the linebacker position? We had somebody that can hit. You need you need at least competent play there. Like, even with Michael Kendricks, like, he was probably slightly above average. He wasn't, like, the top Pro Bowl linebacker in the league, but he was competent at his position. And, like, I think if we can invest again in, in middle linebackers, in outside linebackers, in any linebacker, for crying out loud, uh, we'll have that again. And, in this uh in this defense it's people figured us out like they're like okay if you just throw a slant pass your whole defensive scheme is blitz so fast that you sack the quarterback with just sending your all your defensive line but now it's like okay so we figured out we just have to get the ball out quick because your linebackers aren't going to step up to protect against against the short pass slant routes and and drag routes so why why not just burn them every time? I'll, okay, I'll throw it to my my speedy slot receiver and get eight to ten yards every play and get a first down practically every play, if not every two plays. Congratulations, I got first down. I got a new set of downs on second down rather than first down. Great. Um, and then they just march down the field for a touchdown, and then your offense can't ever score because they're never because your defense is never getting off the field. Oh, like. This is like a must-do thing. Must-do for sure. I'm with it. Big Sean, you love this guy. I love him. I love him. I like how he's, he was scouted. I mean, he's a Philly type of guy. He is from Philly. He went to St. Joseph's Prep. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's a he's literally Axeman Jr. Um, and if you want that same type of play style, go out and get him. Now, um, I, I just feel like like Dalton was saying, invest into the position. You need you need at least somebody to invest in the linebacker core, you know? Like, you haven't had a good linebacker since, like, what, Michael Kendricks and Jordan Hicks? Like, that type of era? You know, like, you haven't had a good, true linebacker in the Eagles, you know, uh, in an Eagles uniform. Now, going back to N'Kobe Dean, he's made a glass. He, um, and if he doesn't prove himself this season, he's out the door. I can promise you that. So, um, yeah, I think it's one position that you do have to um, take your time and go out and get some good people for it. And I think Jeremiah Trotter is one. Um, he's expected to get drafted anywhere from 20 to 22, where the Eagles do have the 22nd uh, overall. So, I mean, I if he gets taken before him, I don't think the Eagles trade up in the first round just to go get him. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see how the – the NFL draft pans out, but he's a great player. Yeah. KJ, you have any thoughts on it? Yeah. Uh, as uh, Sean was just saying, I mean, he's a Philly boy, obviously. His dad was a crazy linebacker for us, for sure, former pro bowler. I would love to get a guy like this, um, somebody who's aggressive, uh, somebody who, who's not afraid to blitz the quarterback, for sure. Yeah, Jeremiah Trotter, I, I, I've seen him play a couple uh, – Jeremiah Trotter Jr. I've seen him play a couple of games for Clemson. Um, so, yeah, I would love to get him. But I don't know and I don't trust Howie enough to actually get a linebacker. I mean, when he's right there, I feel like he's just going to pass up on him and pick some other guy. Like, I don't know, like maybe like a 
maybe not a running back, but a position that like is unexpected at all. I mean, for sure. So hmm. we'll see what happens, but I, I hope they get him. Yeah. Howie's track record doesn't necessarily say that we're going to go linebacker or corner like a lot of us. Um, you know, we're hoping that the Eagles can invest in like a safety even, but you know, how he, how he likes that D lineman position. I'll tell you that he, he might take like an O lineman, D lineman, something. Yeah. We have no idea, but I would love to see, um, Trotter Jr. As an Eagle and another guy, a son of a legend I was petitioning for was Asante Samuel Jr. So how he listen to the. Listen to the fans, man. Take the sons of legends. It always works out. Yeah. Totally. I have nothing else to add. You <clears throat> Going back on to there, Joey Porter Jr. Um, he went to Penn yep. State. Penn State type of guy. But now he's a stud for the Steelers. So they're just following in their dad's footsteps at the end of the day. Yeah, hopefully this isn't like another repeat of like when we passed up on Asante Samuel Jr. So... I mean, I wanted Asante Samuel Jr., but hopefully we don't do the same mistake we did with him and pass up on Jeremiah Trotter Jr. So if Jeremiah Trotter Jr. is watching this, we want you, okay? Come to Philly. Come to Philly. You know what I want to come to Philly too? Freaking money for me, Decker. I need some money this week. I need you to help me out. I need you to help me get rich. Obviously, please don't take any of this seriously, but with a new intro. In season six, I'll just show you guys. He's always slaving away at parlays for your bank account's benefit. Ladies and gentlemen, Decker Locks, proudly powered by the Sharps app. Thank you to Sharps for uh, sponsoring this. Make sure to use code 302D866 when signing up. Guys, I, I this is a boring weekend. No football. I mean, so, oh, don't worry. I'll have my Super Bowl prop bets next week. Um. Taylor Swift and and Travis Kelsey to get proposed lock of the century. Some sports books are offering that, but uh, on the field, I think that was like plus one ninety. Like, shouldn't those odds be a lot higher? That's not something that occurs on the football field every day. But uh, we got to look at some NBA and college tomorrow because I miss football in my life. There's only one game left, but you know. You gotta you gotta go on. Uh Celtics minus ten and a half against the Lakers. Poor LeBron. Lakers are kind of falling apart. Um LeBron is looking, you know, he's looking like he's ready to either move on to his next team or fire his coach and trade all his teammates again, like LeBron does every once every four years. So and the Celtics at home are a wagon. And then the other wagon is the New York Knicks. Like not not a lot of people saw this. Um coming man but they're one of the hottest teams brunson's averaging villanova product um they got four villanova guys on the team sorry uh to my saint joe's guys in here but yeah i'm taking um next minus four tomorrow and then college hoops i'm going oregon minus two and a half against uh Bronny james and usc usc just stinks and i just think it's a good spot to get them same with uh UCLA money line tomorrow. I think they're like minus eight, but I'm just gonna take a money line. So a hundred dollars would turn into eight eighteen. I missed by one leg the past three weeks. So I I should really do like a round robin or something where where if I miss by one, I it yeah. I don't lose my uh house. 
So, bet responsibly, guys. And legally. Yep. (laughs) It's been horrible because I've been one leg away, too. I... Cade Cunningham messed up my parlay tonight. 19 points, had him at 21. It has been the one-leg misery around here, man. Are you contagious with betting, Decker? Because ever since you came on this pod, my my locks have been cold. No, I'm kidding. I'm just bossing your ball. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. But if Decker doesn't hit one soon, uh, I think we're going to have to start like a UNICEF fund or something. And like start doing like a, a portion of our bets to start donating towards charity or something fun like that. I say we put them outside the uh, the grocery store with the Salvation Army kind of. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's how we get parlay yeah. money because we're yeah. so gold right now. It's Please, bell, yeah. whatever, and ballpark will just be out there ringing the bell as well because he loves to ring the bell. So, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> one thing that's been going around a lot in the Philly sports media, and it actually makes me think. KJ, you can go ahead and take it first if you want, but Big Red. I mean, he's having a lot of success with the Red. Do you regret? getting rid of Andy Reid at any point, or do you wonder what could have been, how much success maybe we would have had if he would have stayed? Well, I'm glad you actually asked me first because I heard about this recently. Like somebody was saying this recently that I heard, and he kind of made a good point, this guy that I heard on the radio. Um, The best thing for the Eagles and the best thing for Andy Reid was moving on because obviously Andy Reid had some off the field kind of, things happening with his, with his two sons. So that was a good, I guess you could say a good like transition for him to, to move on and kind of get away from Philadelphia and just start a new path. And that's what he did in Kansas city. I mean, they weren't that good at first, but then they were able to, they were able to um, keep it up and obviously they became better. I mean, then they drafted Mahomes and I mean, God, I mean, like they're on cloud nine right now and a bunch of their fans are a bunch of bandwagons and all that kind of crap, but uh, that's not the point. But yeah, I think, I don't think it was the bad move. I really don't because we still got a Super Bowl and we still got another Super Bowl appearance. But I mean, at the same time though, could we have had Andy Reid still here and still like, like having these players that we have now and like keep on, I can't even spit it out. Um, growing their potential. So I don't know if he would actually fit here anymore because it's just a different dynamic nowadays uh, with Philly sports. And, and I just don't know if he can take the pressure that we have nowadays, but it is what it is. I mean, I, I kind of see what you're saying. I agree yeah. with that. I think you need to yeah. be able to work an iPhone to understand maybe how social media uh, could impact a player's mind. So I think that that's a fair point. What do you think of Tom? I think, Anyone who thinks he should have stayed definitely wasn't paying attention in those last few years. Andy Reid, um, let me put it to you this way. His final two seasons, he promoted a guy who was an offensive assistant, then the tight ends coach, then the offensive line coach, to your defensive coordinator in Juan Castillo. Oh, like He was like grasping at straws. Like He was definitely at the end of his rope. Like, like he, he didn't know what else to do. He definitely needed a fresh start somewhere else. Like, if he stayed here, he would have just been doing internal hires. The turnover would have just continued. Like, the, this team was going backwards in those last two years in 2011 and 2012 with him. 
I love Andy Reid and all that. He's a, he seems like a great guy, great human being. He's had a, a lot of unfortunate circumstances off the field happen to him, him and his friends and his family. He, so I think it was just for the best for both organizations that he went. He got a fresh start somewhere else. The Eagles were going backwards with him. And it just was for everyone to get a fresh start. Or And he, he just needed out. Yeah. I wonder if he likes that look too. I mean, you know, the I'm checking it out right now. I mean, Jesus Christ, man. Talk about a 10-year difference. He's got on pretty much the same like water sweatproof shirt along with the same waterproof sweatproof hat and the Motorola headset. The only difference is the beard or I should say the stash, the stash in all its glory has a little bit more uh grayness. It doesn't look like the watch has been upgraded. My man used to have a tag, it looks like, is hanging out on the wrist. And now he's got some kind of freaking Casio that's keeping up with his diabetes for the cheeseburgers. But, hey, um, he's a phenomenal coach, and there's no disrespect in that. I do think what Tom said, though, it was it was good to kind of have a break. You know, I don't think that that 2018 Super Bowl would have – I don't think Andy Reid would have had the nuts to make some of those decisions that Doug Peterson made. Call it stupid and blind confidence. That's what I'd call it. But it worked. You know what I mean? It worked. And there's something to be said for that. So I really do like, you know, this topic and bringing it up because I think that there's been a lot of people out there who have been giving uh, Andy Reid a little bit more cake than he deserves. And like Tom said, kind of want to forget, you know, what what we went through. Um, We do not have any trivia for you guys tonight. We'll be restarting season six. I do want to tell everybody, though, our – Crown champion is Mr. Ballpark Tommy. We're probably all going to chip in and get him a little light bulb trophy that you guys will see on the trivia coming up soon to signify he's the champ. But I did want to debate this with everybody and talk about, you know, I meant to add more, but as a fictional boxer, I was going to say fictional athlete, but as a fictional boxer, if you put Creed and, and Rocky in a ring, anybody got any bets? Oh, geez. Rocky Balboa. Yeah, Rocky. Hey. I'm going to take Creed. I'll go with Creed, too. I'll take Creed plus 120. You know what I mean? I feel like that's that's pretty fair odds. I think it would be a, a pretty good fight, but didn't aren't they from the same universe in a way, too, is what I'm thinking about, because Apollo... Well, yeah, Creed, Creed, yeah, yeah. Creed, and, uh, Creed and Rocky were, like, two Philly movies, but, like, Rocky Balboa is in Creed. Like, it's mainly meant, like, it's like a second, like, sequel kind of thing for Rocky Balboa. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm going to take Rocky Balboa on a fight for sure. I'm yeah, taking gotcha. Ivan Drago. <laughs> Drago. He was juicing. He I doesn't count. <laughs> Fuck him, Decker. He's Russian. <laughs> and he was, well, he was taking steroids. If you watch the movie, he was, he was, on, he was yeah. on the juice. Cheater. But also, Dutch, to answer your question more concisely, the Creed it is Apollo, uh, the uh, Michael B. B. Jordan's character er, is the son of Apollo Creed. Yep. That's how it. That's how the two universes collide with one another, and then Rocky essentially becomes Mick in the Creed series. Oh, so yep. they could fight. One day, what's going to happen is Rocky's going to piss or. 
Creed's gonna piss off Rocky, and Rocky's just gonna like jab him in the mouth. Hey, be quiet! Uh, and then they're just gonna start fucking rolling around and going at it in the next movie. Regardless, well, they, they had their spurts in the in the movies. They, yeah. they did. I mean, they never I mean, got it, physical, but. <laughs> Let me Maybe. ask you this though. So you guys, you do, you say in the ring, you know, you say Creed, but like overall, Rocky is like there's a statue, there's a freaking statue in Philadelphia for this guy, a fictional character, not to mention. Um, there's a statue in Philadelphia right next to the art museum, and when you think of you know nostalgic and stuff like that, everybody, every time somebody new goes to Philadelphia, what do they do? Run up the Rocky steps. Run up the Rocky Steps because you know it's just like legendary. It's just a legendary movie in Philadelphia. I I don't disagree with you. I like yeah. the Rocky movies better. However, if we're talking in the ring, Rocky got Rocky trained, trained Creed all of all of the knowledge that he gained and all the better tactics that he learned over the years. Creed had modern day technology, modern day. Training yep. tactics, modern day nutrition. He wasn't go. just drinking TV raw eggs. Yeah. Advanced analytics, Dutch. Based on advanced analytics, Creed would kick Rocky's ass, Dutch. <laughs> Creed also wasn't just drinking raw eggs like Rocky was. Like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Rocky was kind of a Rocky was kind of a dummy. Rocky from to Delco. That's what they don't tell you. They say he's from South Philly, but they don't tell you that he's found on a doorstep and his real parents are from Delco. Same yeah, with Vince Vapali, but I mean, Vince Vapali is way smarter than Rock Balboa, obviously, and a real person. I should have added Mark Wahlberg, not Vince Papali, but Mark Wahlberg's <laughs> yeah, character. Mark Wahlberg, because some people think that Mark Wahlberg actually played for the fucking Eagles. Yeah. I could have added, last but not least, I will say... Uh, is there... Like, I'm trying to... Like, I'm blanking. Character. Huh? I'm blanking, but, like, is there any more fictional characters for, like, Philadelphia? Yeah, Brad Pitt's character from uh, Silver Lines Playbook. Yep. We went to the no, not Brad, Bradley, Cooper. Bradley, Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Sorry. Not Brad Bradley Cooper. Brad Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper much more And he's name. a proud Delco boy in Silver Linings Playbook. He went to yeah. the Landmark Diner. Can you tell him the story yeah. real quick before we wrap up about when we were in college when you got shut down? Which, please. Wait, or I'll tell down. it if you want. You All tell right. it. After, after sure a night of drinking about. in college when me and Tom were obviously 21 plus. Uh, you know, uh, after a night, you know, you go to the Lanark Diner and get a nice, you know, hearty breakfast. Uh, that became a tradition for us a couple of times. I missed my breakfast with my guy, Tom. College was mm -hmm. a great time. Um, shout out to St. Joe's. But I remember we like one morning go. It's our whole friend group. Greg is there. You know, you guys know Greg. He's on the pod. I think Jack was actually visiting. And we walk in the Lanark Diner and they actually have the booth where Bradley Cooper sat at. Like, you know, like they have like a little plaque that says like, you know, Silver Linings Playbook was filmed here. Bradley Cooper acted here, whatever, you know, it's like, oh, I think you can sit there if I'm not mistaken. Yes, you, can. you can. The lady was in a really bad mood that day. No disrespect to Lanark Diner. Shout out to them. Maybe me and Tom were just annoying college kids. We clearly could have been. But it was so funny, and I love that this lady did this because this is one of my favorite stories. And Tom gets so excited. He walks in. He's like, oh, my God, Dutch. Dutch, because I had never seen it, and I talked about it. I'm sure Tom had seen it. I'm like, where is it? Where is it? He's like, right here, Dutch. This is where it was filmed. I'm like, wow, this is kind of cool. Tom, like, looks at the hostess. He's like, can we sit here? She's like, nah. <laughs> she just takes us to, like, the back of the diner. <laughs> just that cold. Nah, kids, <laughs> shut up. And that was when I knew I was in Delco. And that was when I fell in love with Delco. 
because that's what you get. And the food was amazing. Shout out to Landark Diner again, not trashing them. Their food is fantastic. Their service is great. And uh, maybe, you know, it was just dirty or something. But regardless, I, the point of that being, I, I miss living with Tom in our college days because shout out to Jaime's too. We would end up yeah, there a lot. You yeah. know, there were a lot of good food spots around St. Joe's that you can end up at. Never on St. Joe's campus, but around St. Joe's, yes. <laughs> at least not when we were there, right? You know, now, I mean, they, that, now they have Annie Ann's and Moe's and stuff. These kids <laughs> yeah. are spoiled. You know what you got? My brother spoiled there. We're going to make some Annie Ann's pretzels after this podcast. I'm hungry now, baby. But I do want to thank everybody for tuning in to our season premiere of season six. I want to thank KJ for joining us as a guest tonight. I think you guys will be seeing a lot more of this sexy beast throughout the season. But we're doing some guesting. And, of course, at Games 2, we're going to be collaborating with him. And, of course, Chris. You guys know Chris as well. We'll be collaborating with him, too. So stay tuned for a lot of fun stuff. Do not. But – I can't wait to see it. Jack will be here soon. He is hanging out with his girlfriend tonight. He texted me. So he'll be around Matt. What a baby. He'll be back soon, too. Here we go. Let the ball busting begin. So everybody's just with their girlfriends. But without further ado, uh, hey, Josh, it's an outro, not an intro. Hit that outro. Love is in the air. Don't love the lady from Lanark, though. Dodgy, dodgy, dodgy. Jack, you're a pussy! Little Lark on top, baby. <laughs> <laughs>